You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And today we're going to have a special guest with us. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Shawanda McCreary. Yes, we're going to do an interview with Miss Shawanda McCreary, uh, like we did kind of uh, with Lisa McKay uh, episode. We're going to do some something similar as well. But before we get into all that, want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. And you can follow our page, like our page, and comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Go to redbubble.com. And type in Top Fox 80, and there you can find uh, merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crime. And if you like what you hear and you'd like to uh, leave a donation to us, you can download the Cash App app and type in dollar sign Grinding True Crime. But I think that we will jump into this right away. And we're going to um, let Miss uh, Shawanda uh, introduce herself and, and talk about her story and her case. So you have the floor. Hello, um, my name is Shawanda McCreary. I live now in Mobile, in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm sorry. My son, Justin McCreary, he was born in Mobile, Alabama. Justin was well known in the community um, because he always played football. He played football starting at five years old all the way up to his adulthood uh, right before he um, was he passed. Justin, um, he was a straight A student. He always made A's from elementary school, middle school to high school. Even he made the dean list when he went to college. Wow. Um, Justin started out playing football at Figures Park. That's in Thomasville, Alabama. And he stayed there to middle school. Because you couldn't play middle school ball and park ball at the same time. But he decided to stick with park ball because... This was, that was his first love started off. 
And he also did traveling football with a Saints team out of New Orleans when Justin was in elementary school. Mm. Oh, they sponsored anyway. the, his football team? Yes. It's, um, Coach Dewey had learned about Justin from one of Justin's friends uh, from daycare. And um, and once he seen Justin play, he gravitated to Justin. He, he used to travel all over the world with Justin when he played um, – just elementary and middle school football. Mm. And once he got to high school, uh, he went to Theodore High School in Mobile, Alabama. And right off the back in the 10th grade, he was the running back. And Justin always was the star player for high school. And um, he always hold hold that number 22. So you you would see a ton of people with number 22 on their T-shirts for football. You know, with just a football number. So he was he varsity at, at uh as a sophomore or junior? Yes. Oh wow, okay. Yes. Nice. And um he always he always just shine. He he you know, if Justin in the game, we gonna win this game. You know, everybody cheered Justin on. You know, it was um in Justin high school when he was in the twelfth grade. He injured his his ankle, and um, they was playing against one of their rivals, and and Justin was so hurt because they lost that game. That was their first time not going to the championship because Justin got put out that game due to an injury. Mm-hmm. So even then, Justin uh, went off to college, and um, he went so far as Thibodeau, Louisiana. And me and my family used to travel back and forth from Mobile, Alabama to Thibodeau, Louisiana and watch Justin play college football. And Justin was always in the paper on the front page for, for you know, making touchdowns and uh, outstanding player in college. And then he started playing with the Mobile Generals in Mobile. Um, they had a semi-pro team. And Justin did well there as well. And... Um, just I had moved, I decided to move back to Atlanta in 2012 after my mom passed. So um Justin was back and forth from playing football there to working because he was working at security at different nightclubs like Blue Flame, Blue Ivory, and he even got different deals with um he had signed contracts. He was on BT, you know, when they did different um stream recordings at the club just as, as one of the security guards that they chose to be in in the film yeah because um, describe describe your your son's build oh justin was 5 11 he was like 200 and um from 230 to 250 pounds but he was all muscles i mean this he was naturally just built he he worked out all the time. Um, me and his sister, Amber, he used to try to get us to work out. And I was like, Justin, I can't do this. You know, he, he <laughs> always motivate us to um, to work out and exercise and take care of ourselves. And then Justin started training. He was staying in Buckhead and they have a gym inside that complex. And other people seen Justin training and they gravitated and wanted him to start training them. When yeah. I say this, hmm. I was just going to say, your son was a very big 
big guy and, and I could tell uh, gr people gravitating to him because of his build. I mean, he looked like the quintessential bouncer or big guy. You know what I mean? Like if you want to go into a fight, you'd want to go into a fight with Justin. <laughs> yes. And, and I can remember some of the guys um, from high school, they would make jokes later. They say when they see 22, they say McCreary, when McCreary get the ball, we just fall down and say, I'm down, McCreary, don't <laughs> think I'm down, you know. So, yeah. uh, to keep Justin from hitting them. <laughs> so, um, and he had got so big, even when he was at the nightclub doing bouncer, a lot of people was gravitating to him. So they started calling him the Hope. Oh, okay. So, um, even when I had went, you know, to some of the guys that I knew Justin had gravitated to, like different barbershops, and told them he had passed, they didn't know Justin from Justin. And then when they looked at the picture, they said the Hope. That's the name they gave him here mm. in Atlanta. Everybody stuck. It was Bama or either the Hope. I see. Yeah. So when it was fights that would break out, that Justin could just, um, you know, separate that some of the other guards couldn't do. You know, he was just naturally strong. This, this boy was just, he was net. And people thought he took steroids and all the protein shakes. And no, he didn't take nothing. Nothing. When I say he was just naturally built and naturally strong, he was. Mm. Yeah, he from the pictures we've seen, I mean, <clears throat> Matt Matt agreed. He's like, this guy is built. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one time I was trying to wrestle Justin, and he kept on saying, Mama, go on now. He, was just, he kept telling me to stop. And I was like, boy, come on, I could take you down. I'm, <laughs> I'm a mama. <laughs> so I just kept pushing Justin and kept pushing Justin. So mm -hmm. he just pushed me a little bit, but I could see myself went way down the hallway. I passed the room. <laughs> I was like, this boy is strong, you know. And he was in high school then. He was um he was in high school. And Justin is Justin is gonna be he have been very missed, you know. Mm -hmm. Justin have three three young children. He have Ava, Santi, and Junior. And even though Justin was Working here in Georgia, I don't care if his daughter had a carnation or she won queen or his son was playing karate. Because when his son stayed in Mississippi, he was always there. He Nothing came before his children. Nothing. Mm. And they had a birthday. He was always there. He just was always a hands-on father. And, um, and his children now ask me so many questions, and I don't know how to answer them. You know, um, because I made a YouTube channel mm -hmm. um, to gravitate to get um, answers and I'm praying and hoping the right person stepped in to um, to give me some help to so we can get closure. Yeah. You know, and Justin Bader can finally be at peace. And um, it's just hard. Like now, the holidays coming around. Because Justin was always that person. He ate his share and your share too. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I told Amber, I said, it's so hard cooking without Justin because I knew my food wasn't going to go to waste, you know. And then he's the person, you know, we play the games. We just had so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And you, big inside, big in heart too. What were you, say, what were you saying, Matt? No, I said not only was he big in size, he was big at heart, too. He had a big heart. Mm -hmm. And everybody just loved Justin. It's just mm -hmm. like 
so many people gravitated to him. And the reason why so many people knew Justin in Mobile, because even though we were staying in the theater area, but mm-hmm. Justin played against teams that was in the Pritchard area, the Thomasville area, Maysville area. So it's like overall in the Mobile area, Justin played football. If it went middle school, it was literally a high school. He played against boys that was <clears throat> in other high schools that remember Justin from Park Ball. Yeah, word, word gets around when you when you play and you're that popular you're that good you know you you'll you'll get known fast and he was um he was chosen for the combine the combine um uh, from nike combine which they only pick just a selective few to be uh good players that was able to um go to football camp at that age in the 12th grade and just was one of those that was chosen mm-hmm. as well so it's like so many people knew him because of football. And and then when, you know, it was just, it put a smile on my face. It's just see people come out by the hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out to, to celebrate his death, you know, because so many people knew him. And people were saying, I never seen a young person die and that many people show up. That many people show up and pay respect. And his favorite color was red, and so many people had on those colors because yeah. <clears throat> you know that was just in favorite color. Well, let's but, let's talk about what led to the incident and things uh, that we're gonna um, the discrepancies and everything because that's obviously um, one of the reasons why you're on here. To well, the main reason is to talk about getting justice for your son. So if you could if you could fill us in to maybe um some things that were big in the beginning of this uh you know leading up to that incident that night was there any kind of like um weird um you know did he get any kind of weird phone calls or texts or something like that or was there anything leading up to this that maybe there was a question in your mind prior and, to the incident And that's the thing um Mobile kept just a cell phone Mm-hmm. They didn't give it back to me. They kept Justin Bill folder. They kept Justin pants. They kept his shoes. They kept his shirt. None of his stuff returned with his body to the funeral home, but a pair of boxes, one earring, and a bloody sock. So, so, so they. So let's we'll, we'll hold on to that because I want to get to that part at the end. But um, as far as like you know, leading up to everything up to because kind of just walk us through what happened the night or two before if there was anything um, prior to the accident, supposedly of what happened to your son. Okay, my son came here to Georgia that Mm -hmm. week and um, he had he was talking to his sister, Amber, um, before now showing him pictures of the girl, Takira May, who was the survivor. Okay. And he said, she staying in my inbox. He said, what you think about her, Amber? Should um should I talk to her? He said, she really trying to get in touch with me. And uh Amber said, Amber told him no. He said, she said no. You know, just I was looking at the girl's picture, Tagira May's picture. Mm-hmm. So um Justin did not know that girl. So um he, that week. Justin came to Georgia and he came to my house 
And Justin had came and he had left. So he came back and I had to be to I had to be to work like four o'clock that morning. So the girl Takira May called my phone and she said, We're trying to get in through the gate. I said, Who is this? She said, Kiki. She said, because she called off her phone. I didn't know her number. Yeah. She said, Justin is in the Jeep sleep. She said, uh, can you let us in? I said, I already left, but I'm going to let you in the gate. And I call Amber so Amber can let you inside inside the house. Mm-hmm. Now, not to put, so, now uh, hmm? who is Amber? Amber is my, my daughter. She's Justin's sister. Okay. So Amber, Amber let them in the house, and I went on to work. And um, Amber said Justin had left after, uh, I guess, Takira May fell asleep on my sofa. And she said that, um, she said the girl came knocking on the bedroom door and said, well, can you call Justin? I left, uh, I left something in the Jeep. And she said, I don't know Justin number. She said, and Justin, I'm not programming my phone. So Takira May told Amber Justin's phone number by heart. And my thing of it is, who knows somebody's phone number by heart? You just met them a few days. True. Like they studied him. I would say she studied him. Okay. And and um, so she told Amber Justin number, and Justin called, and it was no answer. Justin didn't answer her. So on up in that day, Justin had called me. He said, Mama, can I come on your job? I said, yeah, you can come out here. And um, because I was a chef cooking at the uh, hotel. So Justin brought this girl with him and his dog, his pit bull, Sweetie, he brought Sweetie out there too. So he said, Mama, fix us something to eat. I said, well, Justin, I closed the kitchen down. I said, but, you know, it's some food and stuff. I just got something quick, you know, just to put something on their stomach. And um, and Justin just was laughing and talking like always. And I took Justin around the whole entire hotel with people who I worked with and uh, people that I knew that gravitated to me and used to give me tips off and loved me, you know, so I wanted them to see Justin. So I took Justin around the whole hotel and I just was showing different people, you know, my son. Mm-hmm. And um. I'll never forget as Justin was leaving, he hugged me so tight. He just hugged me. He just hugged me so tight. I didn't know why, because he never did that before. Really? And I hugged him back. I hugged him back. So him and the girl got into that same Jeep. Which that Jeep wasn't Justin. Okay. A girl, a girl who's supposed to be his girlfriend, Erin Yorn, she rented that Jeep. Mm-hmm. So um, I stood out there to the car, to the Jeep, and was talking to them for a while. And he left. He said, well, mom, I'm going back to Mobile. <clears throat> he said, I'm going back to Mobile because there's a big show there. <clears throat> He said it was a big show, show there in which he had worked with different people in Mobile too, doing uh, bouncer, you know, security. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be a lot of strippers from all over all over the world came to Cookies and Cream. Mm-hmm. 
had um suppose that came and performed that night, that Friday, that Saturday night at Cooks and Cream. So it was a high end event, correct? Yes. Okay. So um just to end up going back to um he went back to Mobile, but when he left me somewhere in there, Justin went to his brother's house and did a video with a guy who was a rapper, and the rapper wanted that Jeep and the dog <clears throat> and Justin in his video, because I ended up seeing that video that the guy made, and Justin had on some red shorts with no shirt on, and it had Rest in Peace Bama on it. You know, later I seen that video. Mm-hmm. Because I seen the video of the Jeep, because that Jeep wasn't Justin's. And um, so Sunday morning, Justin baby mama, Allison, she gave me a call. Which I had woke up by three o'clock that morning. Just woke up. And I just started praying for all my children, because I have four children, mm-hmm. four, four, four grown adults. And I didn't know why I woke up, but I could not go back to sleep. And so 7 o'clock my time, which is 6 o'clock mobile time, Allison called me and she said, Miss McCreary, Justin been in a bad, bad wreck. And you need to um, call the hospital. But, but Allison knew Justin was dead, but she couldn't tell me. She oh. said she didn't know. She said she did not, she did not know how to tell me. Oh, okay, okay. So Allison, Justin Baby Mama stayed downstairs from Takira May mom, Shantae May. Shantae, Takira May mom went and told Allison, Justin Baby Mama, that Justin was dead and he was in a bad car wreck. And mm. she said, You need to call his family. And I don't understand how the mother knew. That time of morning, because when his daddy got to the hospital, the hospital did not know. Mm. So I called all the hospitals, Mobile mm. Infirmary, USA, all of them. Nobody had Justin McCreary. I even called the police department. It was not no Justin. I even called the bonding company that could see things before it get to the police station. And mm. they was like, Justin ain't been arrested. So I called Allison back. I said, what are you talking about? Nobody have Justin. How long were you calling before you got an answer? I called. I I started calling 7 o'clock my time. And I didn't get an answer to 9 o'clock. Wow, I'm so sorry. That, that must have been torture. So I called Justin Daddy. I said, you need to get to the hospital. There's something wrong with Justin. He said, give me a chance to put on some clothes. I'm going. So at the at that moment, I told my sister, I said, I called my sister, my baby sister, uh, Bert. I said, go to the hospital and see what's wrong with Justin. I said, Allison keep telling me Justin at the hospital, but they won't, they said it ain't no Justin now. So Justin Dad made it to the hospital and um secure my sister. Angel, who was on the news. Mm-hmm. So Justin Dad asked the girl behind the secretary behind the desk, she said, I want to check on my son. What happened to Justin? 
And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, because she knew Brian from the community, you know, where everybody stayed at growing up. So she knew Brian personally. Which was... Yeah. So uh, she said, Brian, your son is not here. She said, what are you talking about? So how the new how the hospital did not know and Takira May family knew. So um, Takira May's sister went up to J- Justin Daddy and said, I heard you asking about your son. And uh, I'm sorry, but he didn't make it. Mm. So Brian called me. He was like, um, he called me Pi. He said, Pi, Justin didn't make it. I said, what you talking about? He said, what you mean, Justin didn't make it? What you saying? He said, Justin did. And I just got quiet. You know, I just, and at this time, my daughter, Amber, she heard, she heard the conversation because he was on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And she just ran, ran out hollering and I'm trying to catch her and I'm still trying to grasp it. You're telling me just, I just couldn't get it. I just didn't get it. I just was in disbelief. So what time was the accident? In they the say, according to the, according to just a death certificate, he was pronounced dead at 4.30 a.m. And you woke up in the middle of the night, you said like around 3? Yeah. That it, that is very eerie because in a lot of cases that we've done, you know, when the family gets someone gets an intuition, some sort of intuition, either prior or right after something happens to their loved one to where when they pass, they wake up in a cold sweat and don't know why, yep. you know, when it happens in the middle of the night. So uh, call it what you want, whether it's divine in- intervention or just a, a sixth sense. I think you might have had something like that, you know, with your son's passing. Um, question I have, if you can, if you could walk us through <clears throat> what is described by the police report and what happened, like who all was in the Jeep at the time. Okay. My son, my son, they say he was just was the driver. Takira May was the passenger. Okay. Um, Charles Gaston and Jeremy Patterson was in the back seat. And who, who are those related to, um, your son? My son did not know them. My son met them through Takira May, and and um, Justin didn't didn't even know that Takira May was secretly in a relationship with um, Charles Gaston. Okay, so yeah. so she was the one that met him, came to your house. You know, he was kind of like smitten by, and then those two were they were they at that uh, music video as well prior? No. They did not come to Atlanta with Justin and her. Just oh. she, Takira May is the only one came to Atlanta that week before Justin, those couple of days before Justin passed. Got you. Okay. So, um, and my my oldest son Brian said it was something weird because every move Justin made, Takira May was there. She was there every move he made, and she he said that Justin had. Almost $27,000. And he said, Brian, keep my money for me. And he said, Justin, I'm not keeping that money for you. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. He said, Brian, he said, Justin kept trying to get him 
to keep a large amount of money that he had in the duffel bag. Mm-hmm. Was that savings from his his job or the you know um, what he was hired to do or? No, I'm I'm gonna be honest, and uh, that was drug money because mm-hmm. Justin had so many pounds of marijuana and other things as well, mm-hmm. and he had uh, a lot of multiple guns mm-hmm. as well. Okay, was so, it was he was he gang affiliated? No. Okay. No, he was not. So he was just running his own little ring or or uh, business side hustle, right? Yes, because it had, it was to the place it was so comfortable for him. So he was selling on his job, and you know, even when he just needs to work for the railroad uh, train, the railroad track too, and the supervisors didn't even have a problem, and um, and some of those was his best customers, and. <laughs> You know, so well, yeah. Um, when you when you're in that business, you know, and you're you know t- taking care of those like you know strip joints and things like that. I mean, if you're if you're only selling weed, I mean, that's pretty mild compared to what can go down at a strip club. I mean, the kind of drugs that they could sell. So he could have been into deeper stuff. So the fact that he's selling marijuana in the day and age that we live in, where marijuana is not as you know um, uh, what do we call it? dangerous to sell. I want to say. As, mm-hmm. as it used to be, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, compared to if he was slanging cocaine or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I understand. There's still obviously money in it, but it's been so commercialized over the last few years. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, it seemed like uh, Justin had a, a hunch of something wasn't right based on his behavior. You said earlier that morning he hugged you really tight and was trying to give his, his brother to hold the money. It seemed like he had a, a hunch of something wasn't right. Yes. And um, so when, even when Justin went to the nightclub that night, I talked to the security that was there. And the security said Justin had tried to bring in three guns. And he said, he told Justin, Justin, you know you can't bring those guns. And he said, man, I know. He said, my bad. I'm sorry. You know, he said, and Justin never did that before. He said, Justin worked for him for many times. But Justin never did that. Tried to bring guns on him in the in the club. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the because I I talked on somebody's business and people had inboxed her and was telling her that um, she was a stripper. There was a stripper that night at the club and said that that girl had spiked those boys' drink and. They even told, which the head security did say, he said, Justin's eyes just did not look right. He said mm-hmm. it was it was something different about Justin. So Justin did take a picture of Snapchat and he didn't look the same. I still have that photo of Justin that he took in Snapchat. And those two boys, they had took videos of Justin all that day and um and was posting them but justin was never looking in the camera so i'm like why are they doing pictures and, and just love the video just love the camera he's a cameraman mm-hmm. i'm like why are they not doing these pictures and he's not aware of them so one girl tamara ebony who even went on the news and told she told the news that she was justin cousin and erin who rented the jeep 
was on the news too. They put on the news before I can make it to Mobile. And we knew Tammy from um from church and we knew Erin because she used to come down here and pick up packages for Justin and take them back and she would sell, you know, different packages for Justin in Mobile. So I'm like, why did y'all get on the news? Why did y'all get on the news and say y'all was Justin cousin and y'all know y'all not Justin cousin? I said, mm -hmm. why did y'all lie? Mm -hmm. So these two girls was at the, they was went on the railroad track taking pictures and they said they uh, felt like something was wrong. So I even said something to the detective Joshua Pounds about that. He said that was, um, that wasn't a crime scene. They could have been out there taking pictures. But I remember when me and my family, because we wanted to know what happened. I couldn't mm -hmm. see, I couldn't see Justin body that Sunday when I got there. I had mm -hmm. to wait till they put or uh, transfer his body to the funeral home that I chose. So while I was waiting on them to transfer Justin body, Tamara Avenue and Aaron Ewan was standing outside the hospital and they had been up there to see Takira May. I said, why are y'all here? And they told me what room that Takira May was in. And mm -hmm. me and my family, me, my sister, two of Justin Baby Mamas, and my niece, we went to visit Takira May. And when we went to visit her, she was doing a GoFundMe account. I said, why are you doing a GoFundMe account? I said, take that down. We don't need nothing for Justin. Mm -hmm. She said, well, this was for the dog. My sister made this. I said, take take it down. Yeah, that's that's highly uh, offensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's you guys haven't even gotten any kind of answers yet, and she's already doing a GoFundMe. Yes. So, so oh, go ahead. Sorry. So when we went in the hospital. She just kept calling Justin, that nigga did this, that nigga, but she never said what he did. Mm. He, her grandmother said, stop calling him out his name and respect the dead. Respect him, he's dead. Yeah. So she got the kick in her feet and I moved, it was just God that had me to move the sheet. I moved the sheet from her legs and she didn't, her ankles weren't broke, her ankles weren't swollen, she didn't have on no cast. She didn't have on no boots. She didn't have on anything. So I'm like, but her sister and her got on the news and said she had two broken ankles, a broke back, broke spine, and collapsed lung. That was not true. Well, let, let's talk about Takira here for a minute. Um, so you're saying so the report has the four in the vehicle, correct? Mm-hmm. And they're traveling down at what speed at that point? Because set this up for us as far as the the accident in question. Um, okay. As they're as they're what highway are they going down, and what happens to the vehicle? Okay, in Mobile, if you come, he's coming from the Theodore Tillman's Corner area. He's coming from that way, and it's exit twenty two. That's the DIP exit. Mm -hmm. So when the detective called, when he was on the phone, when uh, Justin's dad was on the phone with me, he had no compassion or nothing. Mm -hmm. He said, your son was going a hundred and something miles. He went around the curve. His body flew out the rooftop and bam, the Jeep caught a fire. I said, if the Jeep caught on fire, you know, that's my son. Mm hmm. Your son was outside laying by the rocks, by the railroad track, and 
He is about the only one that get burnt. Talking to me like that, and you tell me my son dead, but that's how you talking to me. Mm-hmm. So the police, the police, the, they say Justin was going hundred plus miles, and she said Justin was drunk, but Justin was working at night, and Justin worked plenty of jobs, and nobody never said just Justin mm-hmm. smoked some weed. He smoked plenty of weed, but Justin wasn't no drinker. Mm-hmm. So. You say that Justin was going 100 plus miles down the interstate. His Jeep went around the curve, exit 22. It flipped over the bridge. His body flew out the rooftop and landed 50 feet down onto the gravel by the railroad track. Mind you, and I got photos, Justin didn't have a scratch on his face. Justin didn't have a, he wasn't busted. He wasn't disfigured. I showed Justin about it at the at the grave at the from him. Yeah, Justin just he was sweet. That that's a question I have right there too. Okay, so <clears throat> looking at the bridge from what I've seen, um, it's you know the interstate it kind of curves right there. The there wasn't too much damage to the overall bridge or any kind of <clears throat> skid marks, you know, and the vehicle went over the side. It landed on the railroad tracks. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was hit by a train. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so so the vehicle and if it wasn't on fire already was hit after the landing on the railroad tracks because the railroad tracks was below the bridge. That was why the bridge was there in the first place. Um, did they say the jeep landed on its top or was it on the side or front or how how did it land on the tracks? Okay, from the police report <clears throat> from Detective Joshua Pounds, even he uh, the girls who was with them had said. Y'all got to take an autopsy of Justin and find out the truth because they knew what happened as well. Okay. He told Tamara Abney, who was the cousin, who lied and said she was the cousin, mm. he told them that it was skid marks on the bridge and that Jeep went down face down. So you saying the Jeep went down face down, but Takira may tell the, how did you know it go, went face down if the train hit it? So, Takira May told the news that she put on her seatbelt as the Jeep was going over the bridge. I don't know how she had that much power and strength to do that as a vehicle start breaking. Some, most times, the seatbelt's locked. So, you say you was putting on your seatbelt, the Jeep was going over the bridge, and you was able to muscle up enough strength just in time before the train hit it and it caught a fire. The police report that I have says that train conductor said the Jeep was already on fire. So who put that Jeep on fire? Who killed those boys? Now, now she says it went face down, which is the, <clears throat> which is the hood first, correct? Yes. And she's sitting next to your son in the passenger seat correct mm-hmm. okay so if it goes face down the brunt of the the i mean again you're falling from a, almost a two-story drop onto the railroad track supposedly at 100 miles per hour um if you you know the thing in question here is okay they're saying on the on the report that justin is ejected from the car and if he's flying at that high rate of speed, and if even if he's ejected once the, the vehicle makes contact with the guardrail, 
and say let's just say he was shot out the front windshield that's a big man i don't think he's gonna fly through the windshield i don't think he could fit through even with a jeep front end through the windshield and then fly that distance and not have a, a closed casket funeral there would be severe damage to her son and then c- couple that it let's just say Takira's story is correct and the truck and the jeep hits the railroad track face first she's doing some matrix stuff with like literally seconds to get that seat built i mean you can't react that fast i agree the gravitational pull too wouldn't allow her to even maneuver the seat belt too uh, buckle in within seconds because it's only seconds before she lands. So and, that and, cor- and correct me. If, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, I'm just saying that seemed very far fetched. And correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. You, what, what's the damage you would think of her, even if she were to have her seatbelt on and she did that matrix stuff? What's what's going to prevent her from not dying on impact with that straight smash yeah. into the railroad tracks? She's even crushed. Yeah, and then so you you mean to tell me she survives that dramatic crash? with not but a scrape on her basically or she's just in the hospital for observation it seems and the two gentlemen that were in the back seat which have a greater chance of survival on a head-on collision to the railroad tracks they die on impact yes they say they bodies got burned beyond recognition one i think jeremy jeremy passing his face his head didn't get burned oh but the rest of his body did and um, they was they say that their bodies was clamped to the jeep. I yeah, guess in a so so they were melted or they were they were stuck like like fused. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, in in mind you, um, just had a three month old pit bull. The puppy didn't die. Really. Oh, see, I didn't. Yeah, okay, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. So, so the the dog itself is fine. Where where was where was the dog in all this when the when the police got there? And that's what I told her. I said, "Where was Sweetie?" I said, "What Justin dog was? The dog was up under Justin's feet." I said, <sighs> "I said Sweetie was up under Justin's feet, and she ain't fly behind Justin to get boogled up in the car." I said, "The pressure, the water pressure." From the fire department should have killed her if the fire didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. So um, the news that put Sweetie on the news, and um, Jamaica is Justin's uh, son's mother. She went and paid three hundred seven dollars, and we got Sweetie back. So um, come back, the chief Petit said there was no dog. There was a dog. You can't find the, nothing about the dog on the news. You can't find that clipping of Tamara Abbott and Aaron Ewan speaking, saying that they was his cousin. You can't find that on the news. Have the news clipping, they clip off when the, when the sister, Angel, say that Takira may walk for a whole hour. They have, but you can go on YouTube and find the whole the video. So, but, um, not to interrupt, but so, so the dog was then picked up by what is it the spca sort of like the you know the animal control yeah because they say when the dog got to the when the jeep got to the pound to the record Mm -hmm. they heard they say they heard the dog barking they heard the dog 
Okay, so when they heard the dog, that's when they got the dog and called called the pound to come and get it. Did, did Sweetie have a a collar? Um, yeah, I think Sweetie did have a collar. When, I think when, she did. when she was when she was recouped by um by who, who was it again? Your 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 daughter? Oh, oh no, the, the the baby mama, right? Uh, I don't think no, Sweetie didn't. Because when she brought Sweetie, uh, when we all got to see Sweetie for the first time, she didn't have a collar on her. See, that's that's another red flag right there. She should have had her collar. They shouldn't. First off, they shouldn't have picked her up because she had her. That that means the collar was purposely removed. So, uh, okay. So, so again, the jeep hits the tracks. The story from there is your son is ejected. Um. To Tamara, or how how do you say her name again? Takira. Takira exited the vehicle, and she says, "What the 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 jeep's on uh, not on fire yet?" She the the jeep wasn't on fire. She said her exact words. She said when the jeep landed, she muscled up enough strength to get out of the jeep, and she went to the boys, and because the boys was I guess they was making moaning sound. They was she said they was alive. This is what she said on the news. Mm-hmm. She said once um, she seen the train coming, she got out of the way just in time before the train hit the Jeep and it caught a fire. Okay. Have have you had an opportunity besides the report of the engineer to ask if he possibly saw um, your son's body off to the side and saw Takira maybe crawling out before impact because um, you said that the Jeep was, uh, he, he said that the Jeep was already on fire. So that's already contradicting her side of the story. Mm-hmm. So w- w- was the uh, engineer actually interviewed or did you get a chance to get his name maybe? Well, all of that is on the police report and I reached out to him and he told me that he couldn't talk to me about anything so i asked him excuse me so i asked him for his supervisor uh Mm -hmm. name and number and i called her and um i let her know who i was and told her justin was my son and i was like um you know the stories are not matching from what she say to what's you know on this police report i said how did y'all know that jeep was on fire she said the the train have a camera. She said it have a camera on it. Yes. Everything yes, everything was recorded. Okay. So, have, have you so did you request the video? Yes, and, and also the it's a business down there that's big enough to open wide enough for a Jeep, because a Jeep is made for that kind of stuff to go up over a hill and um I asked the owners when I, you know, was asking for permission to go back there. Mm-hmm. He told me that the police came and got different clippings of the video for that night, but he couldn't give them to me. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> even when, because Chief Lawrence Batiste was in office at that time, and I, I even asked him for my son, the pictures, of sh- let me see what my son looked like on the scene. He refused to show them to me. He um he refused to. I, it took me almost two years to talk to to Chief Lawrence Batiste, and the reason why I got a chance to speak to him when I talked to him, 
is because a friend of mine, um, she knew him personally and Kim reached out to him and she set up everything and I went back to Mobile. And um, a week later, he called Kim back into the office. He said, that mama just want money. And he showed her a picture of Justin on the scene. I said, well, Kim, what my son look like? She said, his pants was to his ankles. I said, did he have on a shirt? She said, no, I could just remember seeing his boxers. Mm. I said, why did he show you the pictures and wouldn't show them to me? He said, Shawana, you wouldn't have wanted to see those pictures. I said, yes, I did. Because Justin is my son. I said, yeah. yes, I did. So I called Chief Batiste, and he's not in office now. He got another position. I've been trying to get in touch with um, Chief Paul Prime, but every time I call the secretary, she hang up in my face when she find out who I am. So um, I told him, I said, I want to see those pictures. And he kept saying he was going to get his secretary to make an appointment so I could come back to Atlanta again, Mobile again to see him, but he never did. And now, even if I call him off the cell phone and I still got the messages in my phone, he just say, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. And the statutation, this, the statute of limitation had ran out. It, it had been past two years. So I didn't understand what he was talking about, about money. I just want justice for what yeah. happened. Huh. What, what day and year did this uh, happen? April twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. This is not too long ago. So, um, before we, uh, I had a couple questions here. Um, so you had that access road from that company that the jeep could have came down. Obviously, being a jeep, like you said, it's made for off road. It could, it could have off road it. With that theory in mind, again, was there when you went to the scene? Did you see any leftover tire tread marks? Was there damage to the bridge? No, I seen somebody had made a marking and it had rest in peace, Justin, but mm -hmm. two other boys was killed that night. So it's just like they just did something for Justin. And when I went there, it was like from 20 to 30 red bandanas down there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are all these bandanas are for? So, so also there wasn't any like so so there was no chunk of concrete missing on the bridge correct like no no like black paint from the because the jeep was black correct it was tan kind of oh, tan, tan. tan okay mm -hmm. so there was no paint markings no nothing on the side of the on the bridge because if if look i've seen car accidents before i i did a, a few things for for the morgue at one point and um when there's collisions on the freeway i mean you'll see like even if it hits a concrete barrier and bounces off there's paint marks there's chunks of the concrete missing if it goes through it you'll see extensive damage to the vehicle and also to the concrete um the picture i saw was really no there's no damage so you mean to tell me that you know the the jeep just hits a a jump button and it goes over the the barrier i mean there's too many inconsistencies and then also describe her, you know, you already said to Kira getting out of the vehicle just prior to the train coming. Mm -hmm. What does she do and describe uh, what what her uh, her events is or, or or what she does just after the vehicle is struck? 
Okay, she said that she walked for an hour to get some help, but the police report, because the man from the train, the train conductor is the one called 911. Yeah, he stops the train right away, correct? See, I don't I don't know that part. I don't know whether he stopped it, but I know when he hit the Jeep, mm-hmm. he called 911. So um she said she muscled up enough strength to get out just in time before the Jeep hit. And the detective Joshua Pounds on the police report, he said he was there in five minutes. So why did you walk for an hour? If the detective was there in five minutes, that makes sense. And it doesn't and make sense too because a train, when it makes contact, my my dad's into trains like you know Matt knows, and and he's watched many videos. He has some engineers and that are um his friends, and they say it's not uh, if you're going to hit somebody, it's when you hit somebody. And protocol for uh, engineers when they make contact with a person or a vehicle, they're supposed to hit the emergency brakes. And it usually takes them about a half mile to stop a full freight train. So stopping automatically is probably what that engineer did uh, as soon as he made contact. And like you said, he makes the phone call right away, five minutes. Why would you need to walk an hour for help if you know the train's going to stop if she has all the injuries? (laughs) I mean, a broken spine, who can walk with a broken spine? And two broken ankles. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all. And then right across the street is an Exxon that's lit up 24 hours and a Waffle House that's lit up 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And this girl residence was five minutes from that scene. Oh. So okay. why did you walk an hour? And, hmm. and there was onlookers, right, from those two businesses that came to the bridge or because obviously when you when you hear something like that you're gonna you know gravitate to it yeah and people that um it was some people that stayed around that area they said they did hear something when they heard the train but it seemed like they they said with the jeep falling we should have heard nobody heard that you know um some people say they didn't hear nothing at all so I just, mm. I just don't understand. I just don't understand why they let her get away with, in that detective, get away with this lie. Now here, yeah, there's, there's some, okay, so there's a couple things I want to circle back to and, and jump in whenever you want, Matt, as well. Um, the thing that, that, that bothers me, Matt, about this is um, the fact that they're not able to get video from, you know, like you said, like she said, the statute of limitations is run up. It should be public record now. They should turn that stuff over to her. And also <clears throat> the video from the, the engineer's perspective would make a huge difference because then in the video you can kind of pause. Those are probably newer engines. They have better video. You could kind of see right before impact what's going on. And if they're able to see that, you know, with a with a Jeep not on fire yet, that would make a huge difference because then that would wipe away her lies. Maybe she's on camera just off to the side. You know, uh, there's some things that need to be seen. Like my recommendation would be to hire a private investigator to push to get this video in your possession and, and hire a lawyer as well. Um, there, th- You have every right to view the pictures and also the video that's um if they're calling it an accident 
you have every right to pursue closure in this situation and exactly. and also to investigate. Yes. And, and and that's what I'm doing now because I like a year ago, a year and something ago, I had um I had said I'm okay, I'm gonna get a autopsy done, get my own autopsy done. Mm-hmm. Which my original plans was to bring Justin back to Georgia because at this point I don't trust nobody in Mobile. I don't, I don't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. And um I had seen that the district attorney, Ashley Rich, had led me for so many months. She misled me and told me that they had this case about an investigation and told me that forensic science in Mobile had did an autopsy on Justin and they didn't. When I got the paperwork back, it was just an examination. So all that time I was sitting, you know, it was just to make me quiet, to shut me up, to make me think that they was doing um, an autopsy and investigation. I have all the paperwork that she sent me and uh, I reached out to Steve Marshall was the attorney general in Montgomery, he told me everything was left up until to Chief Batiste what he wanted to do, Lawrence Batiste. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Chief Lawrence Batiste felt like he didn't want to do an investigation. That's why he didn't do it. But um I had I had said, well, me and my daughter, we all got together and found out how much it was gonna cost to exhume Justin Body. And what was the protocol to do it? So when I went there and paid the cemetery um, $4,475, they told me, they said, well, Ms. McCrary, it got to get approved through the health department and the sheriff department. So in that time, I was just waiting. And uh, I went to the Azalea Malaman Funeral Home, who originally funeralized Justin, and seen, you know, what the tape was to do, what everything, the process mm-hmm. to do to um, to have his body exhumed and brought back here. So when I went there, Carl Bell and his uh, assistant, Tiffany Cole was there. And they took me and my daughter in a room. They said, well, I know a doctor that's come highly recommended. I said, well, you know, just have been buried now almost two years. I said, I want an expert who know what to look for and know what they're doing to, you know, to do an autopsy on Justin. To get, a, to- like, to get a toxicology at least, right? Mm-hmm. So he said that, no, that now let me tell you about that. They gave me a toxicology report and the toxicology was, report said he was way over the alcohol limit and they said that he had some marijuana in his system. Mm-hmm. And then the death certificate said he didn't have no tobacco in his system. Wow. So the toxicology, I mean, the death certificate also state that he never had an autopsy. So why did Ashley Rich, the, uh, the district attorney in Mobile, why did she lead me to believe that they was waiting on the autopsy he never had one mm. from day one. He never had one. So they could. So they, the toxicology was fudged. Yes. Okay. 
And going so, back, oh, go, going back to the funeral real quick. When he was there, you had an open casket. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, we had a, a friend of ours in the past um, had a son who was shot in the head and, and murdered. Um, they were, you know, obviously able to have an open casket for him, which is which is hard to do when someone's shot in the head. I mean, you know, they they kind of put his favorite hat on him or whatever like that to kind of mask the damage of the of the gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. Um, with your son, you didn't see anything noticeable because obviously you're you're very close up to the casket, wanting to hold his hand or you know touch him for the last time. Well, well, at the funeral home, when I seen him that very next day, that Monday, mm-hmm. he had uh, gashes in the back of his head. Well, like a gasher, gasher hair, a patch of hair was missing in the back of Justin's head. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I took pictures of Justin in the funeral home that very next day as well. I mm-hmm. have those pictures too. And um, because it just, something wasn't right. It it just didn't sit right. It wasn't right. Because where he landed, obviously in a railroad track area, you have a lot of jagged rocks. Um it's, you know, it's, uh, is that sort of like, because the picture I saw of that bridge, it's, there's like a wooded area too, as well, mm-hmm. to the yeah. side. So he would have had a lot more damage than what you're describing if he was flown. Yes. And, um, and I just, I took pictures of him, you know, in the funeral home that very next day, that Monday. And, um, and Chief Batiste was so surprised. I said, where do you get those pictures from? I said, I took them myself. I said, I took these pictures of Justin. But he still refused to give me the pictures that he had of Justin on the scene. So when Carl Bell and Tiffany Cole, they said, use this, um, use this pathology. See, they had already knew that I was going to get Justin by the egg soon. Mm-hmm. And, he, and they said, use this pathologist. He's real good. He come highly recommended. Um, so he called Dr. Shakers on the on the on his phone on the speakerphone mm-hmm. so dr shaker's like yeah i can do it you know i can do it so carl bell the funeral home owner walks out of the room and he come back he walked out two times talking to dr Adele shakers and they go up on a price for me two times so i'm like you keep going up this gonna cost me more than it would have cost to bring justin to atlanta yeah and he was like, well, this is a final cause. This is a final. He came, he went up a thousand dollars twice. Wow. Yeah. So he said, uh, this is the final, this is the final, you know. So they got me papers. I signed the autopsy uh papers. And um, you know, we're getting the permission to do it. And it's supposed to provide me pictures that they taken and and video footage. I never got none of that stuff. And when I compared, I was when I got that report back from Dr. Shakers, I said something don't seem right. Mm-hmm. When we had an autopsy on my mom, I knew she was sick. They told us her head weight, everything. And so they just went into detail. Mm-hmm. So I, I compared Dr. Shakers paperwork to what Forensic Science and Mobile gave me. They was exactly alike. So I'm like, they matched word for word almost. So I got the pathologist here in Georgia to look over the paperwork. And so happened he had worked there in Mobile in the forensic science. 
And he taught, he was a teacher. He worked there for multiple years before he moved to Georgia. He said, Ms. McCray, I'm sorry, sorry to tell you. He said, this is not an autopsy. He said, this is an exam. He said, and I Googled that doctor. He said, you need to Google him too. So I said, Dr. Downs, what's wrong? He said, no, Google him and call me back. So I Googled Dr. Shakers. And when I Googled him, he had like 17 fraud autopsies. He had one murder cover up where he was trying to do an autopsy on a patient while they was in a coma. And I called Dr. Shaker, Dr. Downs back. And I'm like, I can't believe this. He said, mm. yeah. He said, so now you, you're another victim to him. So mm. I called Carl Bell and I said, why did you recommend that doctor to me? I said, we're seeing his case like that. You know, he's like, well, I didn't know he was like that. Didn't, you know, he had all that on his record. I said, but you cut, you say he come highly recommended and you knew of him. So he brushed me off and I called him numerous of times and he, he never would respond to me, never would answer the phone. So I ended up talking to Corman Chandler, who Dr. Dale Shaker sent to Mobile to do work on Justin with him. So when I talked to her, when my sister went, when they exhumed Justin body because I didn't want to see them dig my son back up. So she said, Burke said, wonder the lady here, she with Jojo. That's Joe Zabana. I said, what Jojo doing there? I said, because I didn't pay Jojo. He didn't go to his funeral home. Why is Jojo there? And Jojo is, um, he owned a funeral home and he had multiple charges on him for burying corpse without a casket and burying multiple corpse in one grave site. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, that's highly, highly illegal and very disrespectful. I know he could face uh, pretty good Pretty good time for stuff like that because it's basically um, giving extra money to the funeral home, you know, when you're mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. So she said, Wonder, this lady trying to do just an autopsy out here at the grave site. I said, How's she gonna do an autopsy at the grave site? She said, Well, they'd open up his casket. I see him. And I said, I, I told my sister, I said, Tell her to close Justin's casket and take him back to the funeral home. Or where are they going to do his autopsy? I said, tell her to close up Justin's casket. So she did. And um, so I ended up getting a chance. Months later, I got a chance to talk to Corman. And Corman, I, got, I have a recorder of Corman as well. Mm -hmm. And Corman told me they didn't do an autopsy. She said, I said, well, I want to know his broken bone. She said, that funeral home is not equipped for that. He said, she said he couldn't do that. She said, and I feel like, she said, I'm just telling you the truth. She said they was wrong for what they did and they shouldn't have killed your money. So later, even when I talked to Jojo, Joe Zabona, he told me, he said, Ms. McCreer, tell them to show you pictures and videos of Justin. And they couldn't provide that. So when I called Dr. Shakers and I told him I had another pathologist look at his work, he was angry. He was mad. I can't believe you let another doctor look at my work and 
I said, I want to see the pictures. I said, because something is not right with this. You tell that doctor to give me a release form. You tell him to send me a release form where you sign. So I did that. I called Dr. Downs. And Dr. Downs sent him the paperwork. Dr. Downs sent me an email. He said, Ms. McCreary, all these, all these pictures are out of focus and blurry. And I can't tell what they are. So I um I found out from the district attorney in Texas, they told me it's against the law to even do um autopsy at a funeral home, said Alabama and Texas got the same laws. So when now I am even, you know, going through court to because they went on the news called Bell told the news that he was going to give me my money back. But when it came down to it, Dr. Dale Shakers told me, he said, well, Ms. McCreary, I only received $5,000. He said, I sent the $5,000 to Carl Bell. He said, I didn't even know you hadn't received the money. He said, I thought this was over with, and he gave you the money back. I said, no, he refused to give me the cashier's check that you sent. He just sent me a picture of it showing that he had it in his position. He'd been having it since August of this year. Mm -hmm. So Carl Bell said, the only way you get this cashier's check and the money that I owe, you got to sign paperwork saying that you drop all the charges. I said, I'm not going to do that because y'all committed a federal crime. That's a federal crime y'all committed. Mm -hmm. So it was originally supposed to went to court next year in July so what Carl Bell lawyer have done, he didn't speeded it up to go to court so it could be dismissed. He wanted he wanted to have it all dismissed before it can go to trial. So now I'm working on finding me a lawyer to represent me because I did go in before the statute of limitation ran up October the 21st of this year. I went and put in my own lawsuit against Carl Bell and Dr. Shakers. Mm-hmm. And reading, uh, you know, the link that you sent me earlier and then looking it up myself, he's he's been uh, indicted on 17 counts of practicing med- medicine in violation of uh, Texas codes. And uh, he was, I think this was on in April 2022. Um, he's facing a $50,000 bond when I, he might have paid that to get out already, but uh, he's facing $850,000 of fines. His license has been revoked. So it's a shady practitioner right there. So I'm glad you're, you're suing him or at least, you know, uh, trying to get your money back as well as probably some penalties and fines and things like that. Um, I, like I said, again, I would recommend getting a um, private investigator to go along with all this because um needs i think he or she needs to look into takira as well because tell matt about the pictures takira took uh following the accident yeah i was gonna ask you like whatever happened to her like after the okay so like um it was three weeks probably less than three weeks um justin baby mama jamaica because she's she's well known for doing hair in, in, in Mobile. So mm. a lot of people was gravitating Jamaica and sending her these pictures and showing Jamaica nothing went wrong with that girl. 
Jamaica said, we already knew that because we went in, we went to see her in the hospital. So Jamaica started sending me all the pictures that people were sending her off to Kira May Instagram. So um, she was on a boat in Miami less than three weeks. She was saying she was living her best life. She showed photos of where she went and um, bought a whole new wardrobe from uh, different states to state. And she had posted acrimony. She connected that with one of her pictures. And acrimony, if y'all don't know that movie, that's where Roger P. Henson playing Tyler Perry with a lover that did not want her. But she she set him up to get killed. But mm. she, ended, she ended up getting killed. But it's a lover that did not want her. And that's the same thing with her and Justin. He did not want her. So, um, and we learned about her history that she have, and this is what she told me and my family. She said, I've been involved with six different murders and God still spared me. She didn't even call, she didn't even call Justin death an accident. She said murder. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this, um, there's some connection there with somebody uh yeah i mean this this uh this woman doesn't care she's i think she's too if you if if you were to press her the right way with uh you know hounding her via like i said private investigator or something i have a feeling she's gonna crack or make a mistake because if she's already spouting off stupid references that are incriminating or at least eyebrow raising she's gonna crack at some point especially with that picture you sent me um, she's sitting on the edge of the boat, Matt, and there's not a scratch on her. She looks like she's trying to be an Instagram model. Yep, I said and right now, yeah, she didn't have no broken back, and I had a high ankle sprain, and I couldn't walk on that thing for a couple of weeks. So, with a broken ankle, and you walked an hour, yeah, not buying it. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, her spine was uh, messed up as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it here. <laughs> Here's another thing I want to say on that, though, like with with everything that, you know, this woman has stated, the money, the the duffel bag, whatever. What, oh, go ahead. Did you know about Justin's, you know, how much money he had at that time? She knew. I, about- knew, I knew Justin had a large amount of money, but I didn't know the amount of money that he had. But I just knew about twenty thousand dollars because his brother said something to me about it and he even told me he was showing me his um on on his facebook you know what and then all this happened and brian just got off social media you know because people contacted him and he had kept a well that girl takira may sent him a different number like it was a new york number and she was kept trying to get at justin even through his brother on facebook and she was sending different numbers for justin to call and all the numbers that she had gave and the number that she had called out of my phone, I had gave that stuff to the detectives, you know, to ask them, could y'all, you know, look into this to see, is it a text or is it a call? Is it something that you could find even through Justin's phone? And they would not do that. But um, this girl, she, she, they call her the setup girl in mm-hmm. Mobile. Because even when Justin's friends who house he had went to, another guy had came and they was in their Jeep. And Justin was dropping some moonwalk off to, to, the, to this guy. 
And he was telling me, he said, my homeboy had called Justin and told Justin, Justin, man, that's the setup girl. They call her the setup girl in Mobile. And oh. so Justin said, oh, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be all right. He just he just thought he was going to be okay. So she had, she had a reputation of being that woman you don't want to trust, like that Black Widow, you know, like, um, oh, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate because maybe she's telling the truth. She's telling on herself, like sort of when you have a little child and you're, and you're you, you walk into a room and you see like a mess and you're like, hey, what did what did you do? Oh, I didn't knock that flower pot over and the dirt's all over the ground. Like they kind of tell you with without telling you. And she's mm-hmm. over there telling you that, hey, you know, I've been a part of six murders. It's like, that's something you don't want to brag about, but it's right. something, you know. My you know. question, one last question for me. Um, you mentioned that um, in the pictures well, at the crime scene, at the scene, they said that uh, his pants was at his ankles. Did any of it, what, did, did he have any of his possessions with him, like his wallet or his duffel bag or anything like that? Did they, was that there at the scene? Yeah, I'm little was there, but and I know that they went in his phone because the detective Joshua Pounds told me he said I found some disturbing stuff in Justin's cell phone. I said, Well, what did you find? But he never would share with me. And it took I thought they were just still having the phone to do investigation. And mm-hmm. when I got down to it, it took me a year and a half, and I found out they auctioned it off. I said, When you start auctioning off oh. a cell phone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, they auctioned off a personal possession right there of your sons? Yep. They that's auctioned. that's oh, yeah. highly illegal. Mm-hmm. That That's why, again, you, you need you need absolutely. I mean, I almost want to start a GoFundMe here now for, for you to get a private investigator. <laughs> I, that would be good. That, I would love that. Because because this is this is a uh, that's highly illegal. You cannot those possessions should be returned to you, obviously. And, and you know, uh, as being the mother, uh, nothing should be auctioned off. And especially if it's a uh, um, if it's an accident, why are they holding on to it when that's when what, it's? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. That's what I'm going to say. If this was a, if it was supposedly an accident, number one, why would they do what? Uh, why would they auction it off? And number two. When you were asking questions, why were they so reluctant to give you answers if it's an accident? You and, know give, and give other people the answers that she was asking for prior. Exactly. So th- there's right. some there's something there, and and like Matt was saying, like where d- did they ever tell you what happened to the duffel bag? Was that money ever recouped? Well, no, they didn't say that. That was recovered. So, um, a couple of months, not too long ago, one of Takira made friends of ten years. So I, I guess they had a falling out. She, um, I contacted her. Me and her, she contacted me through Facebook, and I called. She, I called her, and she told me. She said, "But she was friends with um, Charles Gaston, and Charles Gaston is the darker skinned guy." She. She said his mama is all over Facebook asking for her son's phone. She said, and you sitting up here with his phone in the hospital. Cause she said, because Justin had two cell phones. Uh her friend said when she got there, Secure May had three phones in her hospital bed, they would be in charge. And they was friends for 10 years. 
she said, Takira May pulled out the duffel bag. She oh. said, and he had money, he had drugs, it had guns in it. I said, are you, I said, why you won't go to the police? She said, well, if you come back down here, I will go to the police with you and tell them my statement. But when I got ready to call the girl again, I never could get her to, you know, to make assurance that she was going to be there because I've been to Mobile probably about 20 times since this happened to Justin. So <clears throat> I had, but I did record her. And um, she said, she said she had everything in that duffel bag. She said she was laughing about how she was coming up. And her uncle, Takira May uncle, Ruben May, people had told me, they said, he's selling Justin clothes on Facebook. And what? Justin, yeah, Justin had just, they say he he's in the bottom. They call it the bottom in Mobile. And he said, and Justin had just went on a shopping spree here in Georgia. And Justin had brought all the stuff to my house because that's why I knew the store was new. I said, Justin, you spent $2,000 on a pair of shoes? I said, but I got about 10 pair of shoes for that. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just looking at the stuff he had. And um, it was, he went to Lennox Mall. He had a lot of expensive stuff. So even the, the clothes, they had a cheap. Who helped you do that? Who helped you get all that stuff? You know, how was you able to get all that stuff out of there? But her, oh, go ahead. But her uncle sold just some clothes on Facebook. Mm. So they all in on this. What? It, what? And, it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And come to find out, they were kind of family. They all. They so they're all, all related. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's her sister. That's her mom's brother. That's her mom's brother. Mm. So, because even the sister, her sister, how did you know Justin was deceased and the hospital did not know? Yeah. Well, mom, how did you go to, how did you go to Justin's baby mom? How did you know that Justin was deceased? Exactly. How did y'all know? Now, if um, anyone looks up um, the picture of the vehicle that landed on the railroad tracks. It's um, it's hard to believe anyone could survive the impact on the railroad track. If that's the way the Jeep, if that's how it happened, first off, then number two, after it was hit by the train, I mean, you know, it just, there's so many questions. And like, for me, when she's talking about the, detective why would you need a detective on a on a car accident you would actually have um a what is it called a uh you wouldn't have an uh what is it a homicide detective you would have a um accident detective you know mm-hmm. handling it and there's something to this that just it's super fishy in so many ways matt what is what is your take i mean unless there's any other details you've left out so far um is, you know, we kind of want to give our takes on, on what we believe happened. And, and Matt, do you want to take the first crack at it or should I? I honestly think she set him up and it was the, he didn't fall over no bridge. I don't think that. I think that 
she was uh, either she called someone and they met him up there and probably murdered all three and then and then ran the car into uh, the train tracks or something like that or or parked it there after they were already murdered and then a lot and then a train hit it. I think they they murdered them prior to and then just left it on the train tracks. I have to agree uh, with the bodies burned beyond recognition. Um, they may have, and it may have been one of those things. Like if there was the to- if the toxicology report, if she can get her hands on it and find out exactly what was in her son's system. I think that's the, that's the key and the answer to all, to all of this, because say for instance, there's a hallucinated drug or a drug that or chloroform, something like that to knock you out. I'm thinking those two gentlemen that were in the back when they, possibly could have flipped the vehicle over it's not hard to do when they're in their seat belts and and uh you know they rest you know they did whatever they did maybe they used blunt force maybe those aren't injuries from a fall maybe it's blunt force where mm-hmm. they they beat him over the head to, to make sure he's dead that way and then the train hits the the vehicle you know it kills those two gentlemen and you know takira with the the magical healing powers is uh, just off to the side with whoever because she obviously didn't do it herself. She's known as a setup girl. Um, this smells of homicide to me all the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this was no accident. That's for sure. And the, and for all the, the, the detectives and doctors that were covering it up, they're just getting it for their own money. Yeah, Shaker seems to be the the medical examiner seems to be someone that's easily paid off with his if you look into his record, he's very shady and it's not the first time he's been arrested. So I think there's one key right there and again, I don't understand um, that really bothers me that the detective supposedly sold off the phone after saying there's some pretty uh questionable scary things on that phone or or, or incriminating type stuff. Why would you sell that stuff off? I mean, again, uh, that should have went, all his possessions should have went back to, to his mother and also the duffel bag missing with the guns, the drugs, and the money. That's a huge come up for somebody. I mean, people people have been killed for $5,000 and less. You know, and, and you're talking about a quarter of $100,000 right there, at least. Yeah. So... Uh, my heart goes out to you, Shawanda. I re- it really does. Um, and and you know, uh, we really, really hope that you can get justice for your son because it does seem like this is not on the on the up and up at all. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else you would like to say, Matt? Before you know, she says her. Um, the only thing I I just want to see what uh some just some some street justice done to uh, those involved because it clearly it smells of a homicide and you know something needs to be done to those and and for those who were involved it, it smells like Takira definitely has her hand on it for her to be celebrating and walking around you know just enjoying life like you know everything's all good and she says a statement like she's been involved in six murder and god got and you know protect me through all that that's just blasphemous you know and i I wish something can happen to her i'm not saying death to her but i i do 
wish something happens to her to where she's put in jail for the rest of her life for all the things that she may have been involved in. I think I think you're right, Matt. With with her, I think uh, what might happen is she might open her mouth to the wrong person, and she yep. might say something to incriminate a former uh, incident, and she might get taken out herself. Yep. So, I mean, again, I'm not wishing death upon her either, but um, you know, hopefully she gets some retribution for her uh, lies and whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. But Shawanda, is there any? Um, parting thoughts you have as far as this case or um, anything you would, would want to put out there to the public? Um, I want to tell, I mean, even with you, you saying that you can do a GoFundMe for to get a private investigator. Mm-hmm. So I would love if you could do that uh, for me to help me to get justice for, for Justin. And the thing about it, when you're going through getting justice and you fight against the system you know you need other people that's going to come that's going to step in that's bigger than them to shed light you know to even make uh, the district attorney go back and do their job to make them go back and um when they speak to Zakira May they incriminate you know they just like if you know somebody got murdered, you um, you know, for them to to make her speak, to make her talk, to put pressure on her, because mm-hmm. they haven't done this. They haven't put pressure on her to make her break. You know, they have let her know everything she have done is okay, and mm-hmm. it's not okay. It's not okay because I look at um, Mama Todd. Her son, you know, and I'm not racist because I have my um my grandchildren. Some of them are white. So when you even look at Mama Todd in Mobile, Alabama, and Pritchett, a rural area, her son got killed for selling weed in in Pritchard, and she said she was going to bring the Ku Klux Klan's there. They found who killed her son. You know, they found who. Who murdered her son? And he got murdered after Justin. They found who murdered him. Mm-hmm. You know, less than two weeks. Those three boys was in handcuffs. You know, and when the system is being paid off to cover things up, because Detective Joshua Pounds don't even work there no more. He's mm-hmm. he don't even work for Mobile anymore. So um, since this happened with Justin and everything have came out. And, um, you know, I'm a voice for Justin and I'm going to keep on fighting until I get justice for him. Yeah. I want closure. You know, I want Justin to be able to rest in peace. You know, I want closure not for only me, but for Justin, three kids, too. Yeah. And how old are his uh, or your grandbabies and his kids right now? He have two, eight, and he have a son that's um, 10. Mm. His oldest son is ten. Yeah, those are the question years you're getting right now. So, I'm well, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say one last thing. Uh, you had mentioned earlier in the beginning about a YouTube channel. Do you want to uh, say what that channel is so those in the audience might want to look it up? Yes, my YouTube t- channel is up under my name, Shawanda McCreary. Uh, in parentheses, and have mother's love. My name is spelled S U H 
W-A-N-D-A, McCreary, M-C-C-R-E-A-R-Y. Okay. And I'll, I'll leave a link in the description once we post the um, video later in this week here. Okay. So, well, Shawanda, it was very nice to talk to you. I wish it was on better circumstances, but um, we really appreciate you telling your side of the story and also giving us some insight because the, the videos there, people, if you look up YouTube or type in her son's name, you'll find the news reports and the discrepancies right there. And then she has also uh, more evidence on her YouTube channel that she just described that shows video and has audio and, and uh, of what happened. So, and she also goes into detail um, from the police report. So um, very, uh, this is very much a, an open case in our book. Um, so we thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, Matt, you want to take us out of the episode? Yeah, we'll take you out. Um, for those of you guys uh, listening, thank you so much. And once again, if you want to follow our page, uh, just go to uh, Facebook and Instagram and just type in Grindy True Crime Podcast and you can follow our page, like our page and comment on our page. Uh, and if you want to just listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And those who uh, listen to us outside of the U.S., you can listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. So this has been a, a exclusive uh, episode with an uh, interview with Shawanda uh, McCurry. And this has been uh, Maddie Matt along with Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye.